Well, good morning, fellowship. It's great to see everyone here. Hey, and it's great to see everyone from Bentonville, because Bentonville, in the Bentonville area, you know, we're known for several things. It's the home of Walmart, it's the home of bike trails, and it's the home of construction. Have you noticed that? We have three, you know, we have four of those giant cranes all around our city. And somebody argued with me. They said there's five. I just haven't seen five. So maybe there are, there are that many. The new home office is going in. Walmart's building that. There's even a new building, a new office building that's going in that has the ramp that goes up three or four floors. And you can just ride your bike right up to your desk. Have y'all seen that over on Main Street? And have you heard that Fellowship is building a new campus in Bentonville. Have you heard about that? Yeah. Hey, I was out there this week. We got, uh, several of us got to go out and, and kind of tour around. And uh, it looks great, uh, by the way. Uh, good news is that it's going to have a roof and walls, so we're not going to have to worry about rain uh, once we open. That's a good thing. Uh, they also, I mean, there's, there are bricks going up on the outside. There's sheetrock going up on the inside and all that. In fact, I would say the sheetrock's probably around 60% done. I don't know why we won't be out there next month. I, I really don't see uh, any, anything stopping us from that. Hey, I want to use the, 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 really, construction is going on all around us, and we're building a church, but I want to talk this morning on that theme and really focusing on building the church, building the people of the church. And so kind of with that idea in mind, let's start off with this. There are three things that every construction project has uh, together. And so you can see up here, the Legos have returned. And so the first thing is a foundation. And so the cement truck kind of represents how we get the foundation made. And so, and that's really important, right? Because everything is built on the foundation and you don't want to go back and rebuild the foundation. So, so that's the first thing. Second thing is uh, our people, gifted, skilled, experienced people who are especially part of the project. So if you're building a construction site, you want folks who are, you want your construction workers who are knowledgeable and they know how to, how to build the building that you're trying to do and they understand the purpose for it. And then the third thing are raw materials, Legos. So uh, that would be uh, something that every, they're all types and you have to have the raw materials. So that translates not just to building a building, even if you're building a real building, not Lego. But it also means, it also translates to building a church. Let me show you uh, what I mean. We're going to dive into a scripture passage today in Ephesians chapter 4. And, uh, you know, I, I think that what we're going to see is that this gives us something that's really the fourth major component of building a building that may be the most important thing of all. Anybody guess? The plan, excellent. It's the blueprint plans, and that tells everybody kind of what's going to be built and how it's going to look when it's done. And so today we're going to look at a blueprint passage for building the church, building up the people of the church. And so we're going to take a break from Hebrews, and we're going to look over at uh, Ephesians chapter 4. And so I'm going to start in verse 11 of chapter 4. And it says this, it says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people. This lays out in the first verse of, the, of this blueprint for the church, it lays out those first three things that we just talked about. Let me show it to you. Bring back the Legos. So the, 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 the first is the apostles and the prophets. This is referring to Scripture. It's referring to the, the New Testament as the apostles and the prophets would represent the Old Testament. So 
the foundation for the church is Scripture. That's a good thing, and that's unchanging. It's what's going, what everything will be built on uh, going forward. The second part is key people, evangelists, pastors, teachers. So evangelists would be, this would be sort of like uh, God saying, hey, I'm, as we build the church, I'm gonna, it's going to be a bunch of people in here, and I'm going to sprinkle in some that have these special gifts, that, have, that, that are specially wired and prepared to, to help all the rest of the people. So evangelists would be ones who help all of us share the good news of Jesus Christ. And so, and then the, the pastors and teachers, those are people who help us, that really refers back to the foundation, helps us get stronger in the foundation. So the pastor will, the, the, the idea there is more with shepherding and care, and the teacher is more focused on teaching about the word, the good news of, of Christ from the word. And then the building materials, that's all of us. That's all of us. And so we all get placed into service through uh, the, the work that's done here. Now, let's continue on, and we'll take a look here at, to just see exactly how this goes. And the next couple of verses in 12 and 13 will really be the core of how we see everything come together. Here's what verse 12 says. To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. You see that to equip the people for the works of service. Just this past week, I was having lunch with my friend David, uh, who's in here. I saw him a little bit ago. And David, we were talking about uh, today's teaching passage. And he said, this verse was pivotal for me. He said, as a young adult, and I said, hey, I want to write that down and quote you on Sunday. So here's what he said. He said, I was raised to think that the pastors and church staff did all of the work of ministry. But scripture clearly says that their job really is to equip the people for ministry. This means that if someone gets sick, I should go visit them. This means if someone needs to hear about Jesus, then I can go tell them. And it means that if someone needs to be discipled, then I can go do that too. And maybe for you, this is a, a little bit of a turn as well. And it's a, maybe some, well, that wasn't exactly how I grew up, but this is what scripture is teaching. And this is kind of the, the blueprint that we get to operate with. Now, I want to dive into several key words uh, that, are, that come up here. And the first is this idea of equip. And so, and so the, the, the equip word uh, for us, it's really rebuilding. So when I think of equipping, I think of maybe going on a, a fishing trip or a ski trip or something like that. And that means that I need to get equipment, which means I go borrow everything I can from my friends. And then I get out the credit card to buy the rest. And I justify that some way with my wife. And so that's kind of how equipment sticks in my mind. But equipping here doesn't mean that at all. It doesn't mean acquiring more stuff. It means fixing the materials that we have. So it means fixing us. So uh, think about this. Uh, there, if you were a fisherman in the first century, you might have used this word to say, hey, you know those nets that we're using to pull in the fish? Too many fish are escaping because the holes have kind of torn. We had holes and, and uh, it's, it's not working the way it should. And so we need to mend the nets. We need to uh, make them better for the purpose that they were created for, that we want to use them for. And so once we do that, then they're more useful to us. And so equipping has everything to do with repair and making things uh, ready. So, uh, you know, what this reminds me of is uh, a saying that Mark Schatzman uses a lot. And he'll talk about, you know, as we, as we first come to Christ, 
or maybe before we even come to Christ, we tend to look at uh, a Bible, at God, at Jesus through the lens of our culture. Or maybe if you're young, you look at it through the lens of your family and the way that your family thinks, right? And then over time, as we come to Christ, as we grow in him, there's, there comes some point where we actually can look back and we say, you know, things are different now. Now I look back at my culture through the lens of Scripture. I look back at the people with the compassion that Christ has. And you kind of see how that changes over time. And so that idea is, that fits with this idea of, of us in the church being equipped for service. So how about this next part, works of service? Hey, anything with work in it, everybody says, hey, that's great. I want to sign me up for that. Service gets even better. But let me tell you how this is supposed to work. The, uh, the, this is, it's a broad brushstroke. So if you ask me, well, what exactly does this mean? I mean, it can mean anything from, from serving with kids to doing something uh, that a whole lot of people recognize and you get uh, people see you for. It could be behind the scenes kind of stuff. It's a broad brushstroke. It means all that stuff. What is specific is this idea of it's just the doing and it's for the building up of the body of Christ. It's for the building up of the church. So that's where things get narrow. But the doing part is what I want to focus on for us today. And so think about uh, well, here's a good example. My wife, uh, Gina, a lot of you know her. She, uh, about five years ago, heard a, a call uh, here at the church that said, hey, we need uh, some volunteers to come and help serve with two-year-olds. Now, if you know her very well, you'd know that, you know, that she would really prefer to work with kids that are a little bit older. But she thought, well, I'm going to sign up and just help where they have needs, and we'll see how that goes. And she did it with a good heart. I don't mean to, to put her down in any kind of way. But uh, she likes kids she can reason with a little bit more than two-year-olds. And so, but she jumped in there and, and started doing that. And here, after all this time, I mean, she has stuck with it. And here's why. Because she has gotten in there, and she's fallen in love with these kids and serving them for one day a week, for one hour uh, each week. And, and she's over there right now at the 930 service. And she, she gets a lot out of it. Remember when Danny was sharing his story, and he's talking about, hey, I started investing in these seventh grade boys. Yuck, seventh grade boys. But then I started getting a whole bunch back out of all that. And so that's what, with Gina. And so here's what I've seen change in her over time is her passion for the kids, but also her, her, desire, her ability to, to minister to them well. She's become a two-year-old whisperer. I mean, she's really good at managing these little kids. She has all these tricks, and she tells me about it all the time. It's, it's actually fun to go on uh, rides home from church these days. So, uh, the, uh, and some of those are your kids, so <clears throat> it's fun. The, uh, hey, the, the next idea is being built up. And so this is really the, the concept of taking a whole bunch of people who have been equipped who've been mended and repaired for what God might have for them, and then plugging them in together. And so this is like assembling parts together to accomplish uh, what a whole bunch can do, what a bunch of people can do. And then who's that to help? It's to help the body of Christ. It's to build up the body of Christ. So it's kind of interesting that the body is assembled to help the body. It's to help itself grow. Now, 
Here's a story for you. When I was uh, about 20, I was in college, and uh, I was in the winter semester, and I was playing on a, a, a basketball team that really wasn't that good with a, an intramural team. It was in the last game of the season, and it was in the last minute of the game. And I go up to try to grab a rebound, and something happens, freak accident, and I dislocated my shoulder as I came down. And that really hurts. I can just tell you that for, uh, from experience. I feel my arm come crashing down. And I think something's wrong. My buddies take me to the ER. Uh, we get, uh, <laughs> they, they get it all patched up and what I would refer to now as torture to get that thing back in, but it's back in. And it's the, now the arm has to mend. And so uh, if you've ever had anything like this happen, then you know that they'll put you in, a, in immobilizing, not a cast, but this, this thing that I had to wear 24-7 for the next month or month and a half. I really don't remember anymore. It just was, a, I know it was a tough semester <laughs> because I wrote, it happened to my right arm. I had to, I wrote with my right hand. Now I couldn't do that anymore. So I'm taking notes in class. Have you ever tried taking notes with your other hand? Yeah, you don't make as good of grades, I can tell you that. And then, uh, you know, little things, you know, like uh, combing hair and brushing teeth, the stuff that takes two hands to do, uh, you just don't, you don't think about. And so I looked a little sloppy and, and all that for a while. Also, I had a standard uh, car, so, you know, moving a clutch and driving like that, it just, it wasn't that safe either. And so all that to say, when... Uh, I, I want to share three things about that are kind of similar between a body and why I think body of Christ is genius uh, for God to put this in the Bible for us to think about the church. Here's some ways that they're similar. The first is that all the parts are connected. And by that, I mean, think about when my shoulder was, was offline and it hurt, the whole body was affected by that. In some ways, the, 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 other, the left hand had to do a whole lot more and stuff it wasn't really equipped to do. And isn't that kind of like in church when, when a person or a group of people become disconnected or offline? Then the church isn't able to fully do everything it's supposed to do because we're all connected. Second observation is, um, is that we're dependent on each other. And so kind of to, to illustrate this, it, it may sound like it's connected, dependent, it's the same. But, but think about this. There was a water bottle over here on this stool. And so it's really easy for my hands to go and... Take the, take the lid off and drink that water bottle, right? I mean, I can do that. Anyone here can do that. But the hands, and, and the hands would get all the glory for doing that task. But the hands can't just, go, my hands can't go just do that because I can't reach it. So the hands are dependent on the legs and the feet and the knees and all that to move over here to hold balance and to get in position to where I can, the hands can actually reach it. But even still, the hands are dependent on the shoulders, elbows, wrists to be able to get here and take that water bottle up. And, you know, we could take this many levels. I mean, the eyes are contributing and, and the, the, the brain and all that. There's so much we could do there. But you understand how we're connected, we're dependent. And then as a, as a body of Christ, another thing that, that's similar to our bodies is we're focused, maybe even obsessed with health. And that's a good thing for our physical bodies. I mean, with, with, uh, with, with, with babies, before they're even born, the mothers are going for, uh, for, for a doctor's visits to just make sure that everything's going to go well. And then we have run tests and the doctor's visits for the first week, the first month, six months, year, first several years. You know, in the first several years, first three or four years for sure, I know I got a brother who has two uh, young kiddos. And they can tell you, my, my brother and sister-in-law can tell you exactly what quartile 
uh, each of their kids are in weight and height. I mean, we obsess over health with that. And again, that's not a bad thing. It's just part of how we're, we're set up because we know that it's important. And guess what? Scripture is, the New Testament is all about the church being healthy. Whether individuals or as a church, so much of the instruction is intended for the parts to be healthy and for the church to be healthy. And so that's a, just a focused thing for us as we go through and think about the blueprint for the church to remember that, that, that when the church is built, it needs to be connected, dependent, and healthy. Hey, let's continue in verse 13. And, and I'll read part of 12 so that it kind of makes sense here. But it says, so that the body of Christ may be built up, and here goes 13, until we reach, until we all reach unity in the faith and in knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Some key words here would be unity and maturity or mature. And so the, the unity idea here is that as we, we grow together, but how does that happen? Well, there are two parts of that with the faith, which is we, we think a lot about, hey, I got to have more faith, but it's not, it's not me having more faith. It's what I'm having faith in, right? It's the object of the faith. And so that faith is connected to that foundation of scripture. See how that keeps coming up? And then it says in the knowledge of the Son of God, and we, use, we throw around the word knowledge in a, in a lot of ways, but this particular word, what that's talking about is not so much a, a fact, just all about facts, like, like you might know about George Washington because you read about him. This is more the kind of uh, knowledge of, of relational knowledge, where like with my brothers, where I don't need to read a book about them. I know that I could write the book about them. And so because I know them, and that's, this is talking about us, being our faith being tied to Scripture and with, uh, and, and with us having a, a growing relationship with Christ. And when that happens, it results in greater unity in the church. You see how that works? It also talks about maturity. And this is kind of just casting that vision for saying that, hey, there's, you're, you're, you're at this point now, but you're going to continue as a church to grow together. And it's, it, the idea where it says the full stature of Christ is kind of like a grown Christ, a grown man being compared with a child, with, a, with a, a, like a, a son to his dad. And you say, well, the son's three feet, that's six feet. He's got some growing to do. But what, what we all know is that it's not just height and weight and getting size, but he's going to go through experiences in life that are going to shape and change him into being the person. And that's the idea here is that individually and as a church, that we will grow in unity, but we also grow in maturity as we experience things and grow in Christ. So we might put all these things together with this statement. Jesus grows his church on his word, on the foundation of his word, through his people for our unity and maturity. Let me read that again. Jesus grows his church on his word through his people for our unity and maturity. Hey, can I share with you two places where, where I see this uh, happen a lot? First is Abel, and I've been able to work with community groups for a number of years, and we get to see this in healthy community groups all the time where people are studying God's word, they're coming together, they're learning and growing and they're serving one another, they're, serving, they're reaching out to others. And that's why we want people in community groups. 
You knew we were going to get there at some point. But it's healthy, and it's a big part of our church. A second thing, uh, from my friend Brian pointed out to me, Brian's been on, Brian, what, 15, 20 mission trips to the Amazon, and he takes people on these short-term trips every summer, and he says, I get to see this on these short-term mission trips. We go there, and for a week, we serve together, we grow together, we see what God is doing, not just in our home church, but we see what he's doing down in Brazil in these villages along this river with people who are very different from us, but God is still working in their lives, and people don't want to come back because it's so exciting to go and see that. So I don't know where you are today uh, with, with all this. I figure that there are probably some who are saying, yes, yes, this is exactly, we're experiencing this. I'm experiencing this today, exactly how you've described it. And I'm your cheerleader for this. I'll get the pom-poms out. And I'm excited to see this happen more and more. And I hope that everybody gets to do that. And that's great. And as we, as we continue to build towards Fellowship Bentonville, we need you. We need to be all in on that. There are probably some who would say, you know what? I know exactly what you're talking about. I've experienced this before. And right now, for whatever reason, I'm kind of like that shoulder that's offline. And so my encouragement is jump back in. But as we pray in just a minute, would you ask the Lord to say, be bold and say, God, you know that my heart is geared towards this. This connects, this resonates with me. I'm just not sure what the next step is to take. And so show me what you have for me. And let's just see where it goes. And then a lot of you are new to fellowship. Uh, Kelly's going to come up in a minute. I know we have uh, some new members, uh, people who are coming, uh, who have joined our church, and and that's exciting. And you're here because you say, we've been looking for a place, for a body of Christ to jump in with and to serve and to grow, just like what Scripture talks about. And maybe you're here, and you say, hey, uh, I've heard you say some good things. I, I, I like some of the stories. Uh, I kind of lost you after the, the part about the Legos. But, uh, you know, hey, that, that's okay. We're glad you're here. And, you know, we want to help you get, get things figured out. And so if, if I can meet with you or if any of the folks who are up here on stage or a community group leader, we would love to help you understand and, and see if we can see what God might have for you to get plugged in. Because you know what? Fellowship Benville, we're going to have to be all in on this. We're going to need everybody. And it's starting already. We're, we are ready to go. This is, uh, we don't have to wait for a building to open. Church is already happening. People are already growing. Hmm. Hey, can I pray for us? Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for the gifts that your son has provided to your church for the foundation of scripture, for leaders who share the good news, for those who care for people, teach your word, and for all of us who have the privilege and honor of being a part of your church and what you're doing in this world. Lord, I pray that we may respond as a healthy body of Christ, that your work in us might result in unity and maturity For, Lord, you are worthy of our praise. Amen.